Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Well, that was taking you back to 2017 and Johnny Clegg, King of Time, a song all about going back and if you could fix past mistakes. Well, I've got to tell you that uh, I certainly wouldn't fix anything um, and not when it came to an incredible interview that I had with Johnny Clegg face-to-face, my first one. I'd had a couple of telephonic, but my very first one in September 2017. So that's it. We have a show all about the wonderful, late, great Johnny Clegg. We're going to be talking about his memoir, um, Scatterlings of Africa. I'm going to be chatting to his incredibly talented son, Jesse Clegg. We're hoping Jaron uh, will also be joining us. He's an incredible filmmaker and uh, sharing stories about their dad and, of course, this book. So if you've uh, just tuned in, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination and I'm Nikki Severini and really looking forward to the show and looking forward to being with you. So I said, you know, September 2017, I was like a nervous little jittery teenager um, meeting Johnny Clegg um, face to face for this interview and it was an extraordinary hour. Um, Johnny was writing his book so these stories were fresh in his mind and he shared a couple of the stories during the interview his relationship with his father or non-relationship until the age of 21 with his stepfather, um, joining the Zulu culture and his manhood, being a father, what was important about being a father, and just these really special stories that spoke to us all. And of course, we all know that on the 16th of July, 2019, the, the great white Zulu left this world. And um I have to tell you that when I heard that this book was going to be released, I started to get really, really excited because we all knew Johnny Clegg as the most um, talented storyteller. If you've ever attended any of um, Johnny Clegg's concerts, you'll know all about it. To be lost in these stories um, was an absolute treat. So, Yes, when I heard that this book had been written, these stories going back to a particular time in Johnny Clegg's life, as I said, oh, I started to rub my hands together. So when the book arrived, I did a flip and I've been making my way through this book and I can't wait to make my way through it again because it's climbing into the mind of Johnny Clegg um, with his magnificent stories and it is an absolute treat. Um, I mean, what do you say about a national hero, um, this man who during uh, South Africa's darkest times brought light and hope, right? Challenging the apartheid era, the, the, the authorities by playing with the mixed band, two mixed audiences. Um, and as I said, proudly known as the white Zulu or umklungu umnyama, the black white person. I mean, my whole matric year, the soundtrack of matric year was scatterlings of Africa and Asim Bonanga. So, so I'm delighted, delighted, delighted to um, welcome Jesse onto the show to talk about this book, to talk about his dad. Um, Jesse, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So, Jesse, the launch was last night. How did the launch go? Uh, yes, well, the, we had a, a, a the Joburg launch last night, and we've got a, yeah. a few more coming up, uh, and it was wonderful. The, we had a packed house. We discussed the book with me and my brother and Eusebius McKaiser, and we 
uh, sat together and went through some of the stories and some of the memories and uh, how the book came about, the inception of the book and what we did as a family to make sure it got to the finish line. Um, and it was just a wonderful celebration and just a trip down memory lane. Like I think it was, you know, it's, it's so strange. It's been a, a long journey to get here and to finally be able to sit with a crowd of people and discuss it and have it in the real world is, is so amazing. And especially with someone like Eusebius Mackay's, I mean, that must have been amazing, really. But your, so your dad was writing this book for quite a long time and, and it was never finished. So you had all of these pages and you had all of these stories, as you say, the journey just to get to this point. What is it like, Jesse? Um, I mean, you've shared your father your whole life. And now, once again, you and your mom and your brother are sharing him again with these stories. What is that like? What is it like to have this private relationship, this personal, this deeply personal relationship with this man, your father, and have to share it? And even now, after his death with this book. I think that we've we've always lived this way. So, you know, we don't really have another <laughs> comparison in terms of how our family has always been. You know, we we've grown up in in the entertainment industry and we've had a you know a sense of this capacity to share one's expressions and, and observations with the world. And you know, it it it's a it's a it's actually a, a blessing in a way that you know we we get to celebrate and relive the incredible impact that my dad had on the world mm. and you know especially after he passed to to just receive so much love and support from friends fans strangers you know people from all around the world um you know we we it was it was a beautiful experience and it was just a testament to the amazing life that he lived and so we we feel proud and honored and I think with this book in particular, this was very special for us because, as you say, you know, he, he passed away before he could really finish the book. But we had all of his writing and all of this beautiful storytelling and mm-hmm. all these memories and moments from his life. And, and so, you know, for us, our role as the family was just to compile it and to find a way to lay it out in a way that would feel coherent and, and, and flow like a narrative. But we, you know, we didn't want to change what he'd written. We didn't want to add to anything he'd written. It was just an, an act of organizing the stories. Uh, and then, and then putting it out and, and, you know, letting people share in this beautiful document that is a history of South Africa and a history of such a unique and beautiful life. Yes, it is. And, and it's a gift. It's a gift to us. I have to tell you that, Jesse. We're going to take a quick break. Um, we're going to be right back. Please stay there. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Well, welcome back to the DL Link Show, where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. Nikki Severini here. We're talking about Johnny Clegg's memoir, Scattling of Africa. And I have uh, Johnny's son, Jesse Clegg, on the show. Jaron was supposed to join us, but unfortunately, we are all sort of challenged by what's happening with ESCOM. So hopefully he'll be able to join us a little bit later. I think Jaron um, is actually on the call now. Oh, Jaron, have you joined us? Are you there? I can see him in our call. <laughs> you can see him. Okay. Well, he'll, he'll, he's probably connecting. I'll get to, are you there, Jaron? Hello. Hello, yes, Jaron. Welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you could join us. Uh, thanks thank for you. having me. 
Oh, thank you, Jaron. We've really just started. And I just want to say that if you, if you get your hands on this book, which I strongly suggest you do besides all the magnificent stories, and it's all Johnny Clegg's early years, really, really exciting times is there is this um, prologue that is written um, and there's an inscription written and then there's an epilogue. So the inscription is by Harry Belafonte. I mean, singer, songwriter, activist, actor. His words are magnificent. And then um, Johnny Clegg's manager, the forward by Roddy Quinn, and he talks about his 30-year relationship with Johnny. And then um, Johnny's moving prologue, which is really just one page. And I just want to read it out because he talks about our brief time on this earth. Um, our mortality and it's beautiful and he says self-pity is about loss loss of self loss of the tenuous narrative we have in our heads about who we are and where we're going I'm not fighting it so much as living with it like a grumpy neighbor that's me I did my best in the beginning to give my body a chance to write itself but I accept my status what unfolds will be dealt with when it arrives so, Jesse, when your father was diagnosed with cancer way back in 2015, that must have been a huge shock to the whole family. Here he writes about acceptance. How was he when he was first diagnosed? I think uh, he was very strong. Obviously, there was a huge shock to all of us. You know, my dad was always, you know, invincible in our eyes. And he was always this, you know, he was very healthy. He was never someone who abused his body. He never drank or smoked or anything like that. He was really health conscious, really active. He was, he had the body of a sportsman. So it was shocking for us. And it took us, a, you know, a little bit of time to come to terms with this profoundly kind of terrifying news. You know, mm. it's, it's this prospect that your whole life is going to change. You know, someone who's yeah. so integral to your family, someone who is, you know, not only your father, but, you know, the husband, you know, uh, a, a son, a brother, you know, he, and, and also, you know, a famous musician and someone who is the holder of all these incredible memories and moments and, and history. Um, and I think that there was, you know, initially we were just overwhelmed by the, the, the prospect of that loss. But I think over time, you know, he, he became incredibly motivated and, 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 um, he, he actually, you know, he, 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 he kicked into gear and he wanted to be active and he eventually did a world tour and, and he wrote, you know, this book and he, he recorded an album and, you know, he found a way to, be defiant and to still live a full life uh, and, and, you know, come to terms with the fact that we all die someday. And, you know, we given a certain amount of time on this earth. And the one thing he always said to us was that he was so grateful for the life that he lived and the incredible journey and the adventure that he had had the privilege to go on in South Africa and, and across the world. So that, that for us was, you know, a, a really deep consolation that he, was so grateful for the amazing life that he got to live. And thank you, Jesse. And, and Jaren, I'm just going to pull you in now, if you don't mind. Um, you know, talking about, we, we were saying before you joined mm. us, what an incredible storyteller um, your father was and is and will forever be in his music and now in this amazing book. And um, so we got to enjoy his stories. And he was a 
a busy man. He was an entertainer. We spoke about him, you having to share him with the rest of the world. But at home, um, Jaron, how was he? Was he a good storyteller? Did he, did he fill your minds with amazing stories? Because you yourself as a filmmaker are a storyteller. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was, he, he was an amazing storyteller as a, as a dad. I mean, you know, the, the, we, we obviously heard a lot of what he goes into in the book. I mean, some of these defining moments, we heard a lot of, you know, how, how, how it was to, to, you know, to discover the dance team for the first time at the, at the migrant hostels and, you know, uh, opening that door in, uh, based, you know, going into the Tugela River Valley and having that door open for you and this profound world opening up to you. Um, he, he, he told us, he, he described all these things and it, it, it really like, he, he was like, uh, Frodo from Lord of the Rings, you know, he, he was this, <laughs> adventurer and as kids we just thought it was this magical he had this like sacred magical past um and it was because of how he described it to us so it it yeah he he really did he he loved the story the storytelling aspect of things he called himself a narrative junkie um and that's how he that's how he saw the world um and I think it definitely came across you know in his shows obviously in this, in the book but you know he loved he loved sharing he loved sharing uh, stories with people. And I think his songs are uh, a testament to that. You know, what's so unique about them is, you know, not, not just that it goes into like history and, and how he brings in anthropology, anthropology, but he, there's a huge storytelling aspect to, to all of his songs. So yeah, it was, it, it was deeply inspiring for me. I mean, I hope to have any amount of, you know, the storytelling chops that, that he had. Mm. You know, I often think of um, how, how important it is to find out not just from our parents, but from our grandparents where we came from, um, because it's, you know, very often yeah. defines who we are now, this, this history, this past of ours. So your father must have spent a lot of time going back and getting all the details. And so, so the question is, Jaron, staying with you as the storyteller, finding out about your amazing great grandparents. I mean, your, your great grandfather, yeah. your late grandfather, father was a mayor of a town in Manchester. Um, then you had Harry who had a farm and he had a shop and, you know, the Jewish side and the English side. Did you know about that? So, I mean, you're talking about the dancing and the Zulu culture and the song, but going back to that part of your history, were you aware of that growing up or did you really just connect with that later on in life? I think only, you know, in my teens, we really, I, I in my my early teens, I really got to, well, I guess actually younger than that, we, you know, I got to meet Harry uh, and, oh, sorry, not Harry, sorry, uh, Dennis, uh, who was my dad's biological dad. And that, you know, that was quite amazing. We, that's, that was really, we, I came to terms with appreciating, you know, he was an RAF pilot as well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, you, I guess you take a lot of things for granted when you're young and you just kind of, oh, okay, you know, we, this is, this is all a bit of a while, you know, my, my grandfather was an RAF pilot and, you know, Harry was, uh, you know, he, he was this amazing guy also ran this huge farm and, and, and only late in life do you really appreciate like, mm. wow, okay, this, you know, my dad had a very unusual, uh, childhood and a very, uh, quite a, quite a unique, set of of uh you know uh, grandparents and and a father and and i very really appreciate it yeah 
he he really did. What a, what an interesting and and very unusual upbringing. So Jesse. Your, your, your grandmother Muriel, who had such an impact, obviously, on your father, um, and she was so arty and she was so open to all cultures and she encouraged so much freedom within your father. What, what, what was your, what was your perspective, your, your experience of Muriel? Um, she was always a, a very eccentric person. She was very strong willed and had strong opinions. Uh, I think that for me as a grandmother, she was very influential. Uh, she introduced me to the, 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 the power of reading and, and narrative. You know, she used to read to me all the time. She introduced me to karate and my dad has a whole thing in the book about when he did karate and some of the movements and some of the discipline that, that, that he learned with karate was he actually, um, brought into Zulu fighting and Zulu music as well. So there was, all these interesting overlaps when I read the book and then I thought about my childhood and my experience with Muriel. Um, I think that she, she was a very loving mother. She was a, a complicated person and she had her own challenges and her own, uh, I suppose shortcomings, um, that, you know, had a, had an influence on my dad as well. You know, I think she gave him the confidence to, and curiosity to explore the world. Um, but she also was going through a challenging period. And obviously my, my father's stepfather, they had a, a very difficult relationship. And so I think that in some strange way, you know, her, her, the things that she gave my dad and also the things that she didn't give him, uh, resulted in my dad having this confidence and curiosity, but also not having, um, a stable family life that he could mm. fall back on. And it actually, I think inspired him to, to search for something else, to, to, to be a seeker, to be curious and eventually to stumble across Sipo and Charlie and, and fall in love with Zulu culture and Zulu music. So it's just such a, you know, we are the product of our environment. And I think, you know, when you read about my dad's early childhood, you know, for me, it gave me a newfound respect for the man he became because he really did have a challenging time, I think, in his early years. And it's just so wonderful to read the, the great adventure of his life and how he managed to connect with these incredible people and, and find his way, you know, on the, on this, on this complicated journey. <laughs> yeah, it is indeed a complicated journey. Um, Roddy Quinn in the forward talks about having never met someone with such an incredible work ethic. And I remember when I was chatting to your dad in 2017, he spoke about a work ethic and he was talking about it from the perspective of being a father and how important it was for him to pass that on to you guys and for you to realize that you need to work hard and that you need to finish what you're doing. Um, so for you, Jaron, I mean, was that, and it's one thing to, for a parent to say, but it's always interesting to me whether the child has actually picked up that lesson mm-hmm. or, or was that for you? Was that mm-hmm. obvious for you? Is, was it an obvious lesson? Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> he always reminded us, um, for sure. You know, something, something, something that my dad had part of his whole warriorship in, uh, taking on the world, you know, the, those, some of these core Zulu values that he had, um, r- really kind of charged him with, with, you know, uh, wanting to take on challenges and wanting to, you know, to have this amazing work ethic. And he always would remind us, like, you know, if, if a shoot was going badly <laughs> and like it was raining the next day, I'd be like, Oh no. And I'd tell him and he'd, 
you know, he'd have a smile in his eye and he'd say, do your job. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's going to be tough, but do your yeah. job. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's this, this, Darren, um, you're lagging. And you have to, you have to, uh, to embrace it. So he was definitely, you know, okay, to quickly finish, he was incredibly, um, he was incredibly amazing with that. And, yeah. um, it, it definitely helped us, uh, with, with all these challenges we had. Well, I know that you, um, there was a remake of his, um, his song, um, Take My Heart Away. And, um, you made the video. So you worked closely with him. You had just, um, come back to South Africa. You had this degree and now the pressure of producing this incredible video. What was that like working with your dad like that? Oh my word. That was terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) I don't blame you. But I, yeah, you know, I was, I was actually hesitant, really hesitant to, to do it. I, I was thinking, you know, oh no, this, you know, um, uh, I, I, I can't, it can't be my first professional thing. This is going to be crazy and it's going to be so hard, but, um, really just because of the pressure I put on myself, but it was actually a, an amazing experience, like really beautiful. It came together so naturally and organically. And, um, my dad was an incredible support. You know, he, he, he helped me. He was kind of, he kind of produced it. You know, he helped me get, he spoke to like the, we went to shoot in the township. He, he came with me, you know, he spoke to the community and he just said, listen, we want to do this here. And so he was an amazing support. And yeah, I, I mean, I'm so incredibly grateful that my, uh, my life and my career juxtaposed my dad's in that way. Um, just like for the first, my first thing ever. And yeah, and it won awards. So it started my career. So I'm yeah. very grateful. Yeah, that's an incredible video. I, I so oh, enjoyed it. You. I really did. Um, Jesse, I remember having you on the show years ago. Um, I don't expect you to remember, so I won't uh, put you in a, a <laughs> position. Um, but, um, and you said something interesting. So I'm going to take, we're going to take a quick ad break, but it was about working with your dad. So let's have a quick ad break and we'll be right back and we'll carry on with that. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Thanks so much for staying with us. This is the DL Link Show where we connect you through insights, information, and illumination. And what an extraordinary privilege it is for me to be talking about Johnny Clegg's Scattling of Africa, his memoir, his early years. I cannot rave enough about this book. It is, it is, it's exceptional. Really, it's a beautiful, beautiful book written by Johnny Clegg, his stories, his life. Um, and it's a treat. As I said to Jesse, it is an absolute treat and a gift to us. So Jesse, just before the break, I said, you know, this interview years ago, and I actually mentioned it to your father when I interviewed him, that you wanted to be quite separate. Um, and I can imagine you wanting to um, create your own name within the music industry. Your father, huge, everyone knows Johnny Clegg. And so it was important for you. And then, of course, um, there was the final tour, the final journey. Um, and you performed on stage with your father. So let's just talk to that a little bit, you know, not, not wanting to perform with your father and then having this opportunity. What, what was that journey like for you? I think that when I first started, you know, I never felt any pressure to get into music. I never, um, it wasn't something that I, uh, felt that I had to do. It was something that I, 
fell in love with as I grew up in the music industry and as I slowly started to learn to write songs for myself. Um, and I think that my dad's influence was profound on me in that, you know, he, he was someone who, against all odds, trusted his own creative spirit and his own um, artistic vision uh, and walked his own path, even when it was very difficult. Um, mm. And for me, that was a wonderful lesson. It was a wonderful example to follow. And I knew that if I was going to do music mm. and find mm. my own way, I would have to uh, walk my own path. So mm. I think for the first couple of years of my career, you know, I wanted to establish my own name and establish my own sound. And so we didn't really appear in photos together. We didn't do music together. You know, we really kept it quite separate. And um, I was grateful for that because it gave me the space uh, and room that I needed to, um, to, to discover myself and to explore my own artistic journey. Um, and I was very fortunate to have had success in that. Um, but then when we suddenly, uh, realized, uh, in 2016 that, you know, our time was actually limited, that my dad had now been diagnosed with a very serious illness. And, uh, I mean, when he was initially diagnosed, uh, we were told that he had six months to live. So we, we really didn't know how much time we had together. And it's amazing what an experience like that does in terms of how you see yourself and how you prioritize your life. Uh, and how you see your future when suddenly there's this hard deadline uh, and time becomes so precious. Um, and I think that for me, I immediately, my first response to that was that I really wanted to, uh, I wanted to experience music with my dad. I wanted to enjoy music and create music with him. It was something that I had this sudden urge that, you know, we may never get another chance to do this. And so when he announced the final journey to and he wanted to do a new album. I was so grateful that he wanted me to be a part of it and that we ended up writing the album together and we did some collaborative songs and I executive produced it and we did a, a world tour together um, and had this incredible kind of father-son road trip around the world playing shows. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think that if there's one thing I could say about that time is that, you know, it, it it's it was it was sad that you know it, it, to some extent it was extremely emotional and sad because every show we played was his last show ever in that place but it was such an emotional and deeply profound experience to to have that to have that turn to to feel the power of music and to feel the power that my dad had on the world and to, you know every night was the celebration and a great farewell um, I, I just feel so grateful. I have no regrets. And I'm, I'm so glad we got to have that experience together. Sure. Jesse, how does one navigate that space knowing this is, this is the final time we, we, we perform here? How, how did you do that together? Um, on your own? Was it when you went <laughs> back to bed that you felt depressed? I mean, how, how do you navigate it? I mean, I think that, you know, it's so, you're so engaged in the moment at the time, you know, it was such, you know, it, it was like 50 something shows around the world. My yeah. dad was also in the middle of chemo. Uh, you know, I was, I had an album that was coming out, you know, there was just, it was such a, it was chaotic and you're so engaged in the moment. And I mean, there were times where I broke down and there were times where we both felt um, really overwhelmed. Um, but every night, man, just, just watching the crowd and, and feeling the, the energy of, of the music and 
knowing that this was one of the last times, you know, you just couldn't help but get swept up. And I mean, there's nothing more motivating and nothing more optimistic and beautiful. And, you know, that, that it, it gives you such courage and, and compassion, uh, then, then playing music together, you know, and, and enjoying that, that moment. Um, and there's something so empowering about that. You know, if there's one thing that my dad taught us is to, you know, experience the journey and to take every moment in and to be alive on the earth. I love that to journey and be alive on the earth. So you've left us with this gift of the book and he's left it as a gift to you as well. The early years, Johnny Clegg. So what story will you be telling? I mean, if you had to, and I'll start off with you, Joan, just as our, as our last question to you both. What story for you, when you look back on your dad and your extraordinary life with him, what, what, what is the, the main story that pops out for you? Um, if you had to, to, to tell a story about that. Um, do you mean to do with the book or just my experience with him? Just your experience. Yeah. You know, I think some, some, a story that's, that always sticks with me and something that he, um, he really helped me with is you know when i when i was a kid i i i'd uh we we were, i was kind of at a i was in a park and he took me to this park and i i was running around and i i <laughs> i fell and i i hurt my foot and i was very young and i was in tears and um i you know i just was i was kind of waiting for him to you know to come and pick me up and he he came down to me and he he bent he bent down and he and he said like very gently like I'm not going to pick you up you know you have it's you have to you have to pick yourself up mm-hmm. and it it was a beautiful moment and it is something he wow. he always said to me bootstraps you have to pick yourself up by your bootstraps you know the, you get you get smacked by the world you have to pick yourself up and. I, I was quite, I was so shocked. I was like, what? <laughs> but I, I did it and I could, and I could walk and I was fine. And it's, it's a story that stuck with me. Uh, and it's something that, you know, we, we shared, uh, especially when he was going through his battles, you know, we, he, we would always remind ourselves about, you know, you, you have to, every day you have to pick yourself up and you have to get through it. Mm-hmm. And that's for me something so powerful that I, I, I take on, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. It is such a beautiful story, Darren. You know, we've run out of time. I could carry on talking for so long. I I just have to say that we thank you for sharing your father with us. You know, he was your dad and we, we all love him and loved his music and his stories and we miss him. And so for you as his two sons to share him so generously with the world. We thank you. And I have to thank you for both for coming onto the show for making sure that this beautiful book is is released into the world. And, um, yeah, and just wishing you both the best. And once again, just oh, it's been such a privilege having you. And, um, oh, and just thank a, you a so gift. much. Thank you so much.